Hello and welcome to this month's episode of Nice Talks. My name is Frankie Adlam and I'll be your host for this podcast. This time we find out about air pollution and in particular how active travel to school can have a significant impact on reducing levels of air pollution. Firstly, I speak to Dr Karen Exley. Hello, my name is Karen Exley and I'm the group leader for air quality and public health at Public Health England. Karen leads a team of scientists researching air quality and public health to provide advice to national and local government. This advice includes actions they can take to improve air quality. So Karen, to start us off, what is air pollution? Well, air pollution is a complex mixture of particles and gases. These can be of human origins, such as transport and industry, or naturally, such as windblown soil and dust and sea spray. And so what effects does air pollution have on human health? Well, we know that long-term exposure to air pollution can cause chronic conditions such as heart and respiratory diseases and uh, lung cancer. And these can all lead to reduced life expectancy. And studies also show that there may be possible links with other health outcomes such as diabetes, dementia and even low birth weight. UNICEF UK announced last year that children in London are exposed to more than 60% of their daily air pollution intake during a school run and while in school. NICE guidance recommends the use of clean air zones to reduce emissions. So can you tell us a bit about what clean air zones actually are? So a clean air zone is an area where targeted action is taken to improve air quality. And there are the two main types of clean air zone. The one that's non-charging, so this can introduce measures such as using cleaner buses and taxis on polluted routes. Maybe lorries are restricted in certain areas or retrofitting the introduction of these uh, technologies that will control the emissions out of diesel vehicles or older diesel vehicles. Um, and, and they can also do things such as managing the flow of traffic or having no idling areas. Now, the other type is, is a charging zone to help deter the most polluting vehicles. So some vehicles, if they fail to meet the required environmental standards, they're charged a fee to enter and drive through that area. OK, so I suppose active travel, such as walking or cycling, is a way people can avoid using their cars in these clean air zones. The NICE guideline on physical activity and the environment calls on local councils to encourage people to be more physically active by improving routes for pedestrians, cyclists and other users. Next, I speak to Andy and Joe from Sustrans who are involved in doing just that. I'm Andy Cobb, I'm from Sustrans, I'm the Director of Insight at Sustrans. Sustrans is all about trying to make it easier for people to walk and cycle. We want to help to make a society where the way that we travel creates healthier places and happier lives for everyone. So you mentioned creating healthier places. Do you think improving active travel options can reduce air pollution? Yeah, we absolutely believe that the more journeys that are switched away from private cars to more sustainable modes, uh, particularly to walking and cycling, have an effect on reducing overall levels of, of traffic pollution. So what we're interested in is making sure that people have got the means to make a better choice, a cleaner choice about how they travel. So that means making it safer for people to, to walk and to cycle, giving people environments that are more conducive to making those sorts of choices. 
So my name's Joe Lindsay, I'm the Air Quality Officer for Sustrans. I work in Sustrans for about 18 months now and working with schools that have been identified um, as sitting in areas of acute pollution around London, both by the GLA and by the Mayor of London as well, um, during the school's audit in 2017. So one of the main things we do is we try and make cycling fun and cool, um, but obviously there are some barriers to that as well. So one of the main barriers is that children often have bikes, but the bikes are broken. Um, so a big part of the work that we do at the beginning of our sessions is we go in and we deliver doctor bikes, we fix bikes for children, we identify any um, areas where the bikes might need to be um, repaired and we uh, often provide locks and pumps to facilitate and encourage um, cycling at those particular schools as well. Um, we have a bike kit programme that works directly with schools as well as the air quality programme as well. A lot of active travel incentives such as um, car free days uh, where we incentivize and encourage and motivate young people to come to school by rewarding them with a, a healthy snack, a, a croissant, an apple or something like that if they do walk, cycle or scoot in the morning. Um, we also have the UK's largest uh, walking and cycling competition called the Big Pedal, uh, which is a UK-wide competition. We see really fantastic levels of engagement across the board at all the different schools. We have um, uh, levels of points that are awarded to children if they walk, cycle or scoot in. So it becomes a competition, the parents are aware of it, and it's a whole two-week event really encouraging young people to walk and cycle in as well. And often those schools are rewarded with you know, BMX shows and various things to, to show them the hard work they've been doing. So it's not only schools and children you work with. What work do you do with parents to encourage active journeys to school? So we have a stat that says 48% uh, of children want to cycle to school. However, that's definitely not the reality. The reality is that a lot of parents still, huge amounts, uh, are driving them to school, particularly driving them on very short journeys. And um, that was a point that was proven yesterday um, at a school that I went to in Barking, um, where parents are driving their children sometimes a minute, two minutes down the road um, to school in the morning, causing huge amounts of congestion um, and obviously resulting in acute levels of pollution at the school gates as well. Uh, the school, to counter that, did a mass-led walk around the entire premises yesterday with 580 pupils all holding air quality banners and chanting walk to school, walk to school and very motivational to see that as well. Um, so it was excellent to help facilitate an event like that to raise awareness to parents and to the whole community around the school that it can be done and that short journeys can be achievable and safe uh, not only cycling but walking and scooting as well. Um, additionally to that, we meet separately with the, um, with the parents and we do map and meet sessions. So we meet with the parents at the school gates, we provide large maps and we work out where the parents live in relation to the school and we identify um, safer routes in away from acute levels of pollution where parents can come to school walking um, or with their children cycling as well. And we talk about anti-idling and some of the benefits um, around that too. Walking and cycling can play a huge role in reducing the levels of pollutants, particulate matter and nitrous oxides. And there are huge benefits associated with public health if we can achieve that. We've done some uh, research recently with a consultancy group called Unomia. We've produced a model that details the effects on the individual of exposure to uh, poor air quality. But some modelling work that we've done through that piece of work shows that uh, if we can achieve the government's annual targets to, to double the number of trips by cycle and by walking by 300 everyday trips per person through the cycling and walking investment strategy in England, this would mean that we could prevent 8,000 1,300 premature deaths that are attributable to air pollution. The economic saving of that is, is somewhere well in excess of five and a half billion pounds over the course of 10 years. 
So Karen, is tackling air pollution as simple as restricting the use of or banning vehicles with combustion engines? If only. Unfortunately, there isn't one simple thing that we can do to solve our air pollution problems. Road transport is a large contributor to air pollution and, and of course reducing the use of polluting vehicles is really important. So electric and hybrid cars are going to help improve air quality, but of course this needs the development of electrical vehicle charging infrastructure. Um, and also should think about things like alternative fuels that can reduce emissions. But if people take public transport where possible, that will help reduce the number of cars on the road, easing congestion, and also helps reduce air pollution. But it comes, air pollution, it comes from such a variety of sources, it's agriculture, industry and shipping, they can all contribute to air pollution. And so what we need is a, a whole range of measures uh, that national government, local government, organisations, communities and individuals can do to help reduce air pollution. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nice Talks. Hopefully you've been inspired to ditch the car keys and to participate in some active travel. If you'd like to find out more, you can find the links to our guidance in the description section of this podcast. As always, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe to our channel. You can find the Nice Talks series on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher mobile apps. You can also follow us on social media channels. Our Twitter handle is at NiceComs and you can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. Thank you again for listening.